All right, welcome into episode 11 of Sports Are Funny with George Arjour. Uh Today, we're going to be running down the college football playoffs, why I think the committee got it right, NFL recap of week 14, a little bit of Jameis Winston, um, who's been putting up some really insane numbers, good and bad, uh, the Russian Olympic scandal, and Jane Slater, who, uh, Jen Slater, sorry, who was, is an NFL reporter. Uh, she caught her boyfriend cheating on her using a Fitbit, which was very interesting. So you guys stay tuned to hear that. Uh, as always, this episode is brought to you by Sont Sports. That's S-O-N-T-Sports.com, the number one most entertaining website for sports on the internet. Um, this is about part of a Sont Sports network. And as always, you can follow me at G-J-A-R-J-O-U-R on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, follow me there and enjoy the podcast. But first, we got a word from our sponsor, Anchor.fm. So enjoy. Welcome into Sports Are Funny. Uh, today, we got a lot to talk about, a lot to tackle in football. Today's a solo episode. Uh, it's just me. Uh, no guests today. I've been kind of on a little hiatus on this podcast for two weeks, and that's for multiple reasons. And I think, uh, you know, with the holidays and Thanksgiving, I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving, by the way. And enjoyed all that. This weekend was a fantastic weekend of football. We had so many things going on and so many different aspects of football to really talk about, to really explore, to really, you know, break down. And I want to first start off by recapping what I think was the committee getting the college football playoffs right. It's not too often where we have zero complaints about college football, the process, the college football playoffs and what we really think the committee should do. I mean, it's pretty easy this weekend after Utah started off Friday night and uh, lost to Oregon. We knew if Baylor or Oklahoma won, they're probably in. We knew LSU and Ohio State were basically locks, and we knew if Clemson won, they were a lock. So it kind of went to chalk this weekend. Oklahoma beat Baylor in an overtime game. Uh, Baylor showed a lot of resilience. If you're Baylor, you're kicking yourself in the, you know, in the face right now about this because you have two losses, both to Oklahoma and both heartbreaking. You had a chance to make the college football playoffs if you're Baylor, and you blew a huge opportunity. Um, the one thing I do want to note is I believe the committee got it right. I think LSU is the best team in the nation. You can tell from their schedule. They played a lot more top ten teams than Ohio State did. And they took care of business against everyone, just like Ohio State. And I know Buckeye fans are, you know, maybe the most sensitive group of fans of all sports I've ever come across Twitter. Um, so maybe that's also why I'm really happy LSU got number one. Because um, not that I hate the Buckeyes, but I hate how the Buckeyes always seem to want to find something to complain about. Um, and just to make further proof that they shouldn't be number one, the committee did put. Clemson in at number three, and they are favorites according to Las Vegas against Ohio State Buckeyes, and the wise guys in Vegas supposedly are pounding and pounding and pounding away at the Clemson Tigers. 
Meaning not only does Vegas think they're going to win, but the really smart football handicappers also believe Clemson is going to win. So that would set up, in my opinion, is a LSU versus probably Clemson matchup. And I, I love LSU. It's probably outside of the University of Washington. It's my favorite college football program in the country because it's the only SEC school I've ever visited. I had a great time going there. Um, and the, the hospitality there was just fantastic. So I, it's hard for me not to root for them. Meanwhile, Ohio State, I saw their fans come to Washington and kick our ass, and they kind of acted like pricks. So, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna not be happy about that. So I'm biased, but I think Clemson's gonna win the national championship again. Um, they've been under the radar all year. They haven't really played anyone. They never had to play anyone. But at some point, do we just look at them and say, is it the, them or is it the competition? Maybe it's just them. Maybe they're better than everyone else. So that's my college football playoff predictions here. I believe that the Clemson Tigers are going to be national champions once again. And uh, that's going to be, what, three and four years for Dabo Sweeney. And then we can basically say that Dabo Sweeney is the best coach in college football, maybe over Nick Saban, three out of four years. The one thing that I do find, I guess, interesting to me is what would have happened if Alabama beat Auburn, had one loss, and they had to put them or Oklahoma in as one-loss teams. Who would they have put in? It'd been really interesting to see what the committee would have done there. Thankfully, uh, for the committee, not for us and my entertainment purposes, we um, we didn't have to get through that or have to deal with that itself. We got a couple games uh, in the NFL that I really want to talk about. Uh, that's enough for college football for now. The NFL recap quickly here. Um Sorry about that. We got my phone ringing in the background. You know, this is one man show right at this moment. And uh, when it's a one man show, sometimes that that's kind of stuff will happen. All right. So a lot of good things here in the NFL. First game I want to talk about is the game everyone's talking about, the 49ers versus Saints. Jimmy G, baby. I mean, this guy does it all. His record as a starter now is some absolute. Epsi number. I think he's like now 14 and 3, 15 and 3 as a starter in the NFL. And at some point, we're going to have to sit there. It might be 15 and 4 and say Jimmy G is really good. And I know it takes a lot. I, I think he was maybe a little overrated coming into the season when he got a little bit underrated. Everyone thinking the 49ers are carrying him. 26 for 35, 349, four touchdowns and one interception, and a 48 46 win against the New Orleans Saints. In which this is a game, one game where he had to carry the team versus the defense carrying the team. The defense didn't show up to play, and Jimmy G did. So at some point, you're going to have to look at Jimmy G and say, hey, man, the guy gets it done. All hats off to him. I think one problem with J Jimmy Garoppolo that we get at here as football fans and as human beings in general is he's a good-looking dude. Right? I mean, if he wasn't a good-looking dude, I bet you a lot more football fans would like him. People get jealous of good-looking guys. And maybe that's because, yeah, maybe they're jealous of me. I'm kidding. Um, but in general, right, like, I feel like the more good-looking someone is, the more critical people are of them. And I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is a huge example of that. And Jimmy Garoppolo and the... Uh, 
and the Saint and the 49ers are the number one overall seed now in the NFL playoffs. The guy's really good. And in general, I got to give it to them. They they are playing some fantastic football and they might be my friends the best team in out in the NFC. And this is coming from a Seahawks fan. Trust me when I say that's not what I want to want to hear. I want to hear that the Seahawks are the best team in the NFL. And um, I want to see my team win the Super Bowl. But at this at this moment, it's hard for me to really, really doubt the 49ers or pick the Seahawks ahead of them. Some other notable games, the Ravens beat the Bills. <laughs> Lamar Jackson's really good. He now leads the league in touchdown passes and obviously touchdown runs as a quarterback. So he leads the league in total touchdowns. Um, and the guy just gets it done. I, there's nothing really to say. The Ravens are, the Bills are for real too. Uh, the Bills played a really good game. The thing that's really interesting about the Buffalo Bills this season is if you look at their record, they're nine and four. I, I, I got nothing to say about Lamar Jackson. He's the MVP. He's going to win the MVP, and I think Baltimore wins the Super Bowl. That's basically my, uh, my, my moment in a nutshell with them. The Bills though are nine and four before and three at home in a place where they should have one of the best home field advantages in football. They just haven't been able to get it done at home. Um, but they're going to have a chance against the New England Patriots to take over the Patriots and win the division. They're playing them one more time. If they take care of business and the Patriots take care of business, it comes down to other tiebreakers, which I'm not sure what they would be. But if the Bills win, um, they can make the playoffs, and they could also win the division. Now, the problem with the Bills, though, and a lot of people aren't really talking about, they've kind of just inked them in as a playoff team. But with three games left, the Bills are 9-4, and four, and they got Tennessee for one game behind them. They play Pittsburgh, who's one game behind them. And if they lose to the, to the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend, which is going to be a huge game, got flexed to Sunday Night Football, we don't know what would happen to the Buffalo Bills. Could they lose to, Patri- to the Patriots as well and then fall out of a playoffs? Absolutely. So they got to keep that in mind. The Patriots look like they can't move the ball. But, you know, a lot of things with the Patriots, that end of the game was a lot of bullshit involved. And in the second half in general, Kelsey's fumble. I still don't understand why the referees want to always, always blow their whistle and, you know, I don't know how to say it the best way possible, but they just fuck up everything. And that that's a problem with the referees. So the Patriots maybe should have won this football game, and they didn't. Um, the last game is obviously my favorite team, the Seattle Seahawks. They did not show up to play. Um, I think it was Shaquem Griffin or Shaquille Griffin came out after the game and said that, oh, you know, I got on the team for not being prepared enough weren't ready to play, and it just made no sense. I, I can't believe they showed up. They laid a dud. You don't see that much with the Seahawks, especially on um, Sunday night football. And it's it's disappointing. Now, before we get into our two like main little stories here with the Russian Olympics and, Jane, and Jen Slater and her uh, Fitbit controversy, I want to talk about my man, Jameis Winston. But first, let's take a break. We're going to get in. Um, we got a new sponsor today, charitable sponsor. So enjoy them. Listen to the sponsor coming up now. And then we'll be back 
for the next part of a podcast. We got Jameis Winston coming up next. All right, so we got to talk about my guy Jameis Winston here on the pod today. Um, he had one of those games, which is very Jameis. Jameis went 33 for 45 for 456 yards, four passing touchdowns, one, three interceptions, and one rushing touchdown to lead the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to a 38-35 win against the Indianapolis Colts. But before we get into the where the Buccaneers should be, I just want to give some numbers here that are really funny that a lot of people probably don't realize about Jameis Winston. And if you're watching this, on, we're going to post this video on Instagram. Uh, I am doing the podcast right now, so I'm going to be looking. I read a lot of stuff on the podcast. So I'm not always going to be looking at the camera, but hello. Um, at age 25, and Peyton Manning versus Jameis Winston. This is some remarkable numbers here, guys. Pass TDs, 26 to 26. This is the age 25 season. Pass yards, 4,115 for Jameis, 4,131 for Manning. The same amount of interceptions of 23. Manning actually had one more pick six. Both teams had six wins. Jameis has an 84.9 passer rating. Peyton Manning has an 84.1 passer rating. And Peyton Manning had a slightly better completion percentage. Jameis Winston is putting up identical stats to the one and only Peyton Manning. And if you want to go further more, I did tweet this if you want to follow me on Twitter at Gjarjor. I know I'm a Jameis Winston apologist, but I had to do it. First 67 career starts. Peyton Manning 17,900 about 17,200 yards. Jameis 8400 yards, 18,400 yards. Peyton Manning, 117 touchdowns. Jameis Winston, 111. Peyton Manning, six more interceptions, 84 to 78. Same completion percentage as 61. And Jameis with a slightly better passer rating, 86.9 to 85.4. So you're telling me there is still a chance for Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston. I love Jameis Winston, man. I don't want him to lose his job. Like, those numbers are remarkable. You do not want Jameis Winston to lose his job. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 6-7 and seven right now. And they're not going to make the playoffs. They're officially eliminated. But if you're, if you're a Buccaneers fan, you really, really feel sick to your stomach here. They lost to the Saints 31-24. Probably shouldn't have won that game. To the Titans, they lost by four. Could have easily won that game. They lost to the Giants on a missed last second, like 29-yard field goal. And this team could easily be either seven and six or eight and five, heading to play Detroit, Texas, the Texans, and the Falcons. Three games that are winnable. Even if they win two out of three here, they'll finish eight and eight. I feel bad for Jameis Winston. I feel bad for the Buccaneers. And if I'm Bruce Arians and I'm the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'm going to look at Jameis Winston here and say, can we save Jameis Winston's career? I say yes. You bring him back for another year. I'm not even a Buccaneers fan. I, I feel like I just go to war for this guy. But I love Jameis Winston. I love the production he's able to put up. And I know he just makes bad decisions, but he can make every throw on the football field. 
So there's that. So today there's two interesting stories that came out. Um, two of them have to do with the Patriots, or one of them has to do with the Patriots, and the other one does not have to do with the Patriots. No shocker. But the Russian doping scandal um, is here again. So the Russians got banned from international competition for the next four years um, for another doping scandal. According to CNN, the World Anti-Doping Agency has unanimously agreed to ban Russia from major international sporting competitions, notably the Olympics and the World Cup, for four years over doping noncompliance. Um, so if the decision is upheld, they won't be able to compete in next year's Olympics, Paralympic Games in Tokyo, as well as the Winter Olympics in Beijing, and it will not be able to host any major sporting events. It will not be banned from the Euro 2020 because that's not part of a WADA. I don't know what WADA stands for, but it's not like a widely international event. I think it's because it's regional with only Europe. Um, to tie that in, the Patriots today were also found to be... Uh, being investigated for filming the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Russia and the Patriots are very similar. A lot of people hate them. And they seem like they just don't give a fuck. They'll continually cheat. They don't care. Cheat here, cheat there. They'll just cheat. And it makes no sense to me. If you're the Patriots, why are you maybe allegedly filming the Bengals? I don't know if you are, but it's alleged. And if you're Russia, you know everyone's watching you. Why the fuck are you cheating too in doping scandal? That it's like widespread doping scandal. It's not like you know one guy was on steroids. I'm talking about a widespread doping scandal. Why? To me, it makes zero sense, and I feel bad. Last story of a day. Uh, NFL reporter Jane Slater was on Twitter and she uh, <laughs> told a funny story. There was that. Uh, what was what's that? bicycle thing uh peloton peloton where you know the fitness tracker thing they're doing commercials for and everyone's like you know talking about christmas presents and albert breer tweeted i got my wife a peloton three years ago she was not offended so jane slater who's an nfl sideline reporter i think we all know or i've heard of her at least if you watch football came on and said an ex-boyfriend once got me a fitbit for christmas i loved it we synced up motivated each other when you sync up, that means you share, you know, you share your information with each other. You know, your, um, I don't even know what I'd call them, your variables, your uh, measurables. She said, she continued to say, I didn't hate it until he was unaccounted for once at four in the morning and his physical activity levels were spiking up on the app. Wish this story wasn't real. And then she continued and said, spoiler alert, he was not enrolled in an Orange Theory class at 4 a.m., insinuating he was having sexual intercourse at 4 a.m. And he is definitely now, you know, not her boyfriend. So that's pretty cool story i thought it was hilarious and it made me wonder like if you're listening to podcasts send me your what's the worst cheating stories you've heard of because that one's pretty bad in my opinion like you don't just like get caught cheating by activity level spiking up at 4 a.m on a random app that guy must be an idiot I mean, the cheating's never good in the first place but at the same time dude how dumb can you be you can't do that anyway 
that's about it for today. Um, we'll have some guests on hopefully later this week or next week. Uh, we're going to try to wrap up, ramp up this podcast by doing it two to three times a week. Maybe three um, is kind of the goal. So we'll see if we can get that done uh, here as the holiday seasons are coming coming on. Um, try to get you some more interesting content. Content. So I'm really hoping uh, you enjoyed this podcast. Enjoy me. Follow me on Twitter at Gjorjur, Instagram at Gjorjur, and as always, this episode is brought to you by Sont Sports. That's S O N T Sports dot com. If you like those two stories about the Russian Olympics and Jen Slater, you can go to SontSports dot com where we have those stories up on our website. Check it out. Subscribe to the podcast. Give it five stars. Share it with your friends. Tell everyone about it. Um, and I really appreciate that. So thank you again for listening. This has been uh, Sports Are Funny. And this has been brought to you by Sports on Tap. And this is Sports Radio Redefined. Oh, thank you.